everybody doing? Ooh, that was actually a good response. Why don't you all stand with us? We're going to do some praise and worship this morning uh, and dive in together. It's a little more stripped back today. Uh, so hopefully you all are into that. If not, you only have to suffer through for a couple songs. Uh, and then we'll be back into the service. So, Thank you, Father God. Thank you for turning our graves into gardens, Father God, and giving us life again. We praise you and we pray that our hearts would be with you and, and we'd be open for your understanding this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat, except the kids. It's so fun to have you guys worship with us. Uh, if you're still, some of you are like out the door. Um, kids, dance your way out today. Special challenge. No one's dancing. I say that. Isn't it neat to see the kids worship with us? We've got people dancing and clapping, and it's all the things that I want to do inside, but my adultness doesn't let me. So I want to be more like a kid. I have a few announcements for us before Josh comes up and shares the word. We have baptisms coming up on Father's Day, which is historically just a really fun day for baptisms. And so if that's you or your kid who is old enough to declare, I stand with Jesus, we're having an info meeting today right after service right here. Um, come talk to me. I'll get you guys all set up. And then coming up this Saturday and onward, we're having a work day and work week. Spring cleaning. This building has been used by so many people, not just us on Sundays, but people in our community, and it serves a lot of people. So we're having an official work morning this Saturday from 8 to noon, if you want to come. If your group wants to make a thing of it, and instead of meeting next week, wants to come and work on some special projects that Josh has. There's a place to sign up for that too. And then, so that's Saturday and the week onward. And then Sunday, June 4th, it's like our favorite Sundays now, right? First Sunday lunch, we're doing hot dogs. Yeah, our group has been practicing. We're really good at that. Um, hot dogs are so easy. We're providing the hot dogs. We're going to grill them up, and then there's a sign-up to bring hot dog buns, sides, desserts, tamarindo water. Mm. Yeah, right? Okay, so with that, um, Josh, thank you for sharing the word with us today and closing out the series, and go ahead and have you come up. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Josh Rodriguez, and I am a part of the teaching team here at Life Community Church, as well as uh, a team member and a part of the staff here at the church. And uh, I'm glad that you're here. I've seen some new faces. And so if today is uh, the first time back in a while, or if this is your first day here, we are more than glad that you've uh, chosen to join us today for the service, and I'm glad uh, uh, to be able to share and to speak to you guys today. I wanted to tell you a little bit uh, about myself. Uh, if you get a chance to, to get to know me, one of the things that you're going to find out is I'm a person who likes to stay in my comfort zone. Now, I don't know if others of you can uh, connect with that, where you got this comfort zone of these are the places that you like to go. These are the things you like to do. 
And these are the people that you are comfortable and familiar with. And so I, I share that where I have this particular comfort zone and there's things that really stretch me. And one of the things that does stretch me is being in some new places. I'm not a big adventure seeker. I'm not the kind of person who is always looking to try to find new places to go or try to find new things to do. I like the familiar. And uh, I think if there's uh, something that would kind of sum that up, it would be this. I know what I like, and I like what I know, and I'm good with that. Okay? And so when I get pushed out of my comfort zone for whatever reason that might be, what I really appreciate is when someone has thought ahead, when somebody has gone out of their way to make me feel welcomed or to make me feel a little more comfortable. Now, that could happen in a number of ways. It could be a kind word. It could be a small gesture. It could be a short conversation. It could be a stranger that goes out of their way to say hello or introduce themselves. But just those small things done in a new place or in a new environment or a new thing that you're trying out, or maybe it's just a whole new group of people, the impact that that can make, that small gesture, can be huge. And what I think most people would say is that they don't have the gift of hospitality. Because when we hear this word hospitality, it comes with all these other words and terms and ideas. And even if we would agree to that, we don't have this gift of hospitality. I think we all know this, though. We know what it feels like when somebody makes us feel welcomed. We know the impact that that can make in us. And I would say this. There is really something so encouraging and there is something so refreshing when we are welcomed. When at one moment you feel like you're on the outside and you feel awkward or you feel lost and somebody does that small gesture that just invites and welcomes you in, that's just enough to take you from that discomfort to feel like, you know what, I was ready to run, I was ready to go, but now I'll take a step forward. Thank you for what you said. Thank you for what you did. And so today, I want to talk to you, all of us, about this idea of what it means to be welcoming to others and biblical hospitality. And we're going to look at what does biblical hospitality, what does that mean? What are the things that stop us? What are the things that hold us back? And what is at the heart of it? And my hope is this, is that we can see how this practice when we provide hospitality, when we give encouragement, that the impact that it can have in our lives. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up this series. And this was a spring series that was looking at these postures of a disciple. And so we're looking at what are these elements, what are the practices, and what are the postures of a disciple of one who is following after Jesus? What are some of the things that we could see and expect in their lives? And so each week we went through these. One of them was this. It is abiding. We also looked at what it means to be sharing. We looked at what it means to be connecting. 
what it means to be releasing, equipping, and pursuing. And today we finish with this idea. Here's what it means when we are welcoming. And as we're going to look at that, we're going to see what does it mean? What are the challenges? And what is at the heart of that? And so we're going to look at this text. It's in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4. So if you want to turn to your devices or your Bibles, 1 Peter chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 7 and on. And the words are going to be on the screen, so you can follow there as well. But 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. It says it this way, starting in verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And then verse 9 says this. Offer hospitality to one another. Offer hospitality to one another. You can see on the, on the words on the screen when it says, offer hospitality to one another. Were there a couple words that followed that? Did anyone catch that? Let's go ahead and put those words on there. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Okay, let's practice that for just a second. You can murmur or grumble. Let's just kind of do that. If somebody was asking you to do something that's uncomfortable and stretches you, on three, we're going to murmur and grumble. One, two, three. Okay. You guys are really good at that. Maybe too good at that. Okay. Well, Peter is saying this, and, and I like how he starts there. I appreciate how he begins this section, and he says it that way. The end of all things are near. And so some of the different commentators, when they would uh, look at this portion of the text, what end? The end of what all things? And so there's a little discussion on the end of what all things, but uh, perhaps some would say the end of all things, the end of everything, uh, this earth, this world as we know it. And some others would have uh, some other perspectives, but let's just kind of agree this way, that we are one day closer, you know, from yesterday, today, we are one day closer to the end, perhaps maybe to the end of our own lives, perhaps to the very end, which is what, what, what in one case, it would be the end, but also be the, the approaching of a beginning when God is going to restore and make all things new. But this end is coming near, and Peter begins by saying that. And as he says that, it doesn't lead us to a panic. It shouldn't lead us to be thrown off our feet. But he says it this way, therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Don't go into panic mode. Even if the end is near, because you should have a hope and a confidence that gives you peace. And so as he says that, he continues on in verse 8, and then he says, Above all, love each other how? Deeply. It's not just the love that's going to be on the surface, but we should love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. 
And so if the end of our lives or the end of our days is coming, we shouldn't be in a panic mode. Whether we feel like in our lives we're at the halfway point, maybe we feel like we're in the fourth quarter, if we feel like we're in the two-minute warning, there is still a peace, but yet then Peter is saying there's an urgency and there should be a purpose to love and love deeply. And so Peter would know what it means to be loved and especially what it means to be deeply loved. How many of you know a little bit about Peter? Because when you think about Peter and we read about some of the things that he does and that he says in the New Testament, he might be a bit of an impulsive guy, a person who takes a lot of action, maybe someone who, someone who talks first and then thinks about what he should have said second. Maybe there are moments when he should have stayed quiet and not said anything, and what would Peter do? Ah, he's going to proceed to talk. And what else about Peter? Well... There are moments when he would miss the mark, when Jesus is uh, to be arrested in the garden before he's headed to the cross, as, as, as the soldiers are, are getting ready to, uh, to, to get Jesus and Peter's in the vicinity, he pulls out a sword, and he's going to do his best to defend Jesus, and with that sword, he reaches and he strikes and he chops off the ear, kind of missing the mark, right? Not exactly where he had intended maybe to aim. And yet Peter is the same who would vow never to leave Jesus and never deny him. And yet we know that Peter had denied Jesus three times. And yet in spite of all this, Peter is one who is still going to be restored by Jesus. He's not kicked off the team but it's actually one who would help to lead the early church. And so Peter knows the deep love of God and a love that covers over a multitude of sins. I know that's what I need. I need a love that covers over a multitude of sins. I've needed that in my life with old roommates in college Things that I said, things that I did, I needed a love that covers over a multitude of sins for friends, for family. How about for my wife, Kelly? Do you think there's a time where I've needed her love and her forgiveness to cover over a multitude of sins? And maybe you could ask her, right? Kelly, have you needed to extend that love and forgiveness to Josh? And, and from my perspective, she probably needed to do that, what, once or twice a year from one or two of my sins, right? That, that's what it feels like from my perspective, no? So maybe not once or twice a year, maybe once or twice a month, maybe more. Okay, let's agree to disagree, right? <laughs> but truthfully, I, I've needed a love that covers over a multitude of sins. And perhaps you feel the same way too. That that's the kind of love that we need from God and from each other. And yet, in light of this, Peter would continue and he would say, how should we respond that we should do this with hospitality? So let's talk a little bit about hospitality. Is it just opening our home? Is it being nice? Is it being kind? Does it mean that we have a perfectly decorated house? Does it mean that we make a meal from scratch? What is hospitality? 
Well, hospitality is, it's actually this compound word. And this word for hospitality is talking about love and love of a stranger. And so when you put that word together, this hospitality is love towards strangers. And so we see that throughout the Bible, that we see this command over and over for God's people are to show love and to share love with one another, right? We are to love God and we are to love our neighbors. And when you think about some of the other commands and examples that we would find in the New Testament, there are these examples of the one another's. So we are to serve one another. We are to encourage one another. We are to build up one another. We are to forgive. We are to love. There are all these one another's, but it does not just stop there, that there is also this love and kindness that doesn't just go to the family. It's a love and kindness that doesn't just stop with those you are comfortable and the familiar, but it goes even beyond to those that you don't know. Those that are strangers, that are, those that are outside that circle, those that are foreigners, that's where hospitality extends even beyond what would be comfortable, but out there. Leviticus 19 would say it this way in the Old Testament. When a foreigner resides among you, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself. For you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And so throughout the Bible, God's people are told this phrase over and over, and it's this common phrase, remember. And why would it be that God would say, remember, remember, and he repeats himself multiple times? It's because we are people that are forgetful. And I feel like each passing year, I'm a little more forgetful than the previous year. And so I need to hear things multiple times, and God would say this, you need to remember. Remember what it felt like to be an outsider. And so God would say to his people, when you see the outsider and when you see that foreigner, I want you to really see them. But I want you to do more than just see them with your eyes. This is how I want you to treat them that you are not to take advantage of them, that you are not to mistreat, uh, mistreat them, but that you are going to do the opposite. You're supposed to respond with love and kindness. You do what it takes to draw them in from the very end and that outside, but then you're starting to welcome them and draw them in. Why? Because I am the Lord. And perhaps even thinking of it this way, I am the Lord who saw you. I am the Lord that welcomed you. I am the Lord that loved and forgave you. And so hospitality moves that stranger from that outside to where they no longer feel like a stranger, but now they feel a little more like a friend. And perhaps it even moves from there to where they feel not just only like a friend, but they are loved and welcomed, that they even feel like they're part of the family. And so in Romans, Paul would write about this same kind of love. And you'll see the, uh, the verses there. This is Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 9. And it says this, Your love must be what? Sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. 
Be devoted one another to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And then you see it there in verse 13. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Is that all we need to do? Just share with those that we know, God's people, and then it again extends it further. And what? Practice hospitality. Yes, there are ways that we could show love to those that are followers of Jesus, but Peter is saying what we find Peter saying as well, that the love continues. It stretches out. It's practicing that hospitality and that we keep practicing that hospitality. But the problem is there are some obstacles that are going to stand in our way. So what might some of those be? It might be that we have the wrong thinking when it comes to hospitality, that we think it has to do so much more with our house than what it has to do with our heart and with our eyes on what we do and what we see and how we, how we feel. Or maybe it's the fact that we actually focus on the things that we feel like disqualify us. I don't feel like I have enough time. I don't feel like I have the space. And maybe you feel like I, I need to have a little bit of my space, right? That's the reason that you sat where you sat, because you wanted a little bit of room and somebody decided to crowd you and they're right beside you. At church or at the movie theater or wherever it's at, you like your space. You like home to be home. And I get that. And so we feel like there are moments where we just uh, have things that kind of stand in our way, but there are so many things that can be done, both big and small, and sometimes we just overcomplicate that. So let's just think to ourselves, what are the things that we could do or that people do that help us feel welcome, that make us feel like we're right at home? Maybe it's just helping somebody not to feel so awkward. Maybe it's that family event. Do you remember being on the end of that where perhaps you were somebody's boyfriend or girlfriend or you were the new one that was married into a family and you go to that family event for the first time. Everybody knows each other and you're the new one. And as you get there, everybody knows each other. Everybody knows by name and they're all nice and comfortable and there you are just kind of all by yourself. Sometimes it's just that matter of somebody introducing themselves. Or this can happen at work. When there's a brand new person who feels lost, they're a little intimidated, they're a little nervous because this is day one and they have their thoughts, they have their questions, and yet what is it like to help out that new person at work? Or maybe just befriending that new person that has just moved into your neighborhood. Now, let's say maybe another one of the obstacles is sometimes we just flat out forget what it was like to be known. Let me ask this. Are there people here that have been at this church for more than five or ten years? And I'm going to make you uncomfortable because you guys have been here for a while. Okay, can I do that? Who's been here? Just a quick, if it makes you that uncomfortable, just raise your hand and put it down real quick. Okay, five to ten years. We got some people that have been here. Oof. We got quite a few people that have been here for a bit. Okay, you can put them down fast. On a regular basis, we have people that are coming here that it's their first time in a while, or it's their first time back. 
And they got a little bit of that awkwardness. They got a little bit of that, what's it going to be like? And sometimes when we've been at a place and it feels like home, it's pretty easy for us to forget what it was like to be new. And there are those little things of, you know what, I'm in a conversation, but I'm going to stop this conversation with somebody I already know because I see somebody that I don't know. And I just want to do one little thing to make them feel a little more at home in a place that doesn't feel like home yet. Yes, that will stretch us. Yes, that will interrupt maybe that conversation. But you do not realize the impact of those little things of noticing somebody. Because when people are coming to the church for the first time or the first time in a while, there's this balance where they don't want to be seen, but they also don't want to be ignored. So, like, how do we find that delicate balance of, I see you, but I'm not going to crowd you, I'm not going to overwhelm you, but I want you to know that we're glad that you're here. Let me just jump over to this next thing that I, I think kind of... Um, gets us to struggle with a little bit, it's, it's comparisons. Now, earlier in Romans chapter 12, we looked at verses 9, but before that, it's talking about, Paul is speaking about the church and how the church is a body. It is one body with all these different parts, with all these different gifts and functions. And that diversity should encourage us. Yet instead, I think there are moments when our differences are exactly what tend to cripple us and slow us down. Because we say something like this when we compare ourselves with somebody else. We say, you know what, if only I was a little more extroverted. Or if only I could speak like so-and-so. If only I was as hospitable as so-and-so. If only this or if only that. If only I had a house that looked like this or had this kind of space. If only I could do that and we're comparing it to something in our minds. And then we say, because I don't have that, I'm just going to kind of stay right where I'm at. And here's what I really appreciate. And here's why I'm fascinated by God's word. It's because it's in those moments when we have those objections, it's as if God knows exactly what we're getting ready to say and, and those little lines and excuses that we put to say, here's why I'm not qualified to do that. And God does this on a regular basis. And here's what he says in 1 Peter. Because right after he says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, he continues on verse 10. And he says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. I think when we hear that, what we should do is just take a big breath. <sighs> because then I don't need to be like so-and-so. I can actually be myself. I can operate in the talents and the gifts that God has made just for me and the gifts and talents he has made just for you and that we work in how he made us rather than trying to be something that we're not because God is asking us to be faithful with what we have. And he continues this way. So if anyone speaks, they should do as one who speaks the very words of God. And if there's one that serves, they should do it with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power 
forever and ever. Amen. On staff here at the church, we got this excellent individual that works to connect people. And you might feel like I'm not an, uh, a specialist at connecting like Monica Matheny. Well, that's good because she needs to operate in the gifts and talents that she has, and we need to operate on ours. And if you feel like I can't teach and speak like Tom Burns, then you need to operate in the gifts and the talents that God has put in you, and so on and so on. That God has made you specifically in a way that he knows so that you can use those various gifts of God's grace to give him glory. And what was very encouraging for me, and if you'd like later on, I believe this was in 2021, we did a hospitality series here. And it was a three or four week series. It was called a Not, Not So Welcome Mat. I believe was the title of that. So you can look it up on the website. It's called Not So Welcome Matt. And one of the, one of the um, teachings on there was a number of people from this church sharing, this is what it means for me to express hospitality and welcoming to others out of my gifts. And there was such variety on that. And it was so encouraging for me to hear that. And so I would encourage you to, to listen to that as well. But it's not just these obstacles that would hold us back. What we need to do is go ahead and leave the results to God. Luke chapter 14 says it this way, that Jesus had said to this host, now when you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers, or your sisters, relatives, or your rich neighbors, because they might invite you back, and so you would be repaid. But he continues, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed. That we are blessed to be a blessing to others, and that repayment, let him do the repayment. And so it could be an obstacle when we kind of think to ourselves, well, I'm going to open myself up and be hospitable to somebody, and I'm going to invite them perhaps to my home, or I'm going to do something, and then there's maybe a bit of our expectation, okay, should, I, should we get the calendars out now? Because now I want to know when I'm going to be on the receiving end of this. No, it, it's not like that. It may happen, but it may not. Hebrews chapter 13 says something that's pretty fascinating that could happen. It says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Verse 2, do not forget to show hospitality. Uh, hospi <clears throat> Let me try that one more time. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. Wouldn't that be fascinating? Now, here's what I don't suggest, is that in the midst of you providing hospitality, that you ask everybody that you serve, I'm just curious. Are you an angel? Oh, I already, I already got a yes over here. And you serve somebody else, I'm just curious, are you? No, no, let's not do that. It might just so happen that in the midst of your serving, somebody who was out on the edge and that you welcomed in, welcomed them in, that God had sent one of his messengers. And you had the opportunity to do that. And in Matthew chapter 25, it goes even a little further that Jesus would say to his disciples, 
that when you reach out to the least of these, that you've done that for me. And they said, Jesus, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you naked? When did we? And Jesus would say, when you did it to the least of these, those image bearers, you did it unto me as well. So there's great blessing in what can happen when we extend hospitality. But, but let, me, let me just kind of get things a little kind of wrapped up. But what is at the heart of it? What is behind hospitality? What's the reasoning for welcoming others? Well, Paul would say it this way in Ephesians chapter 5. Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. You see, Paul knew that he was loved. He knew a grace and a love that would cover over a multitude of his sins. And Paul would say this kind of love, it leads us to a response. That we want to be imitators of God. That we are dearly loved by God. So then, let's go walk in his footsteps. Let's follow the example that he set for us. You see, when we join God in his work, actually, when we join God in his work, we do that when we are providing hospitality and welcoming others. It's the very heart of God. I think the, the, the band can kind of make their way uh, down here, and, and we'll just kind of conclude with this. It, uh, I know what it feels like to be the recipient of grace and hospitality and kindness. Let me just share you briefly what that means for me. In the past uh, year, year and a half, um, we've been coming to this church. And we had been at another church for 10, 13-ish years, and we knew just about everybody that was there. We knew their story. We were comfortable. That place was home. And in my comfort, God made it very clear, it's time for you to go. I have something for you to do. There's this new chapter in your life that I'm leading to you, and, and I want you to trust me. And for somebody who likes their comfort zone, <laughs> that was hard. Leaving the familiar, leaving what we knew, but it was absolutely clear from God it's time to go, and I want you to trust me, and I want you to follow me. And so if you've been in a new place, you're trying to find that new church, and you're trying to find that new home, it's not the easiest thing. You're trying to find out who, what's going on. You're trying to get to meet new people, and it can be a little uncomfortable. And so I understand what that feels like. But very quickly, God made it clear, this is where I need you to be. You and your wife, this is going to be your home. And in the midst of that, there were so many of you that did small things and big things on a regular basis that let us know this is where we need to be. Some of you opened up your conversations and asked about my story and you shared yours. 
Others of you gave me opportunities to jump in and serve and be a part of of what was happening here. And some of you opened up even your, your generosity, and some of you opened up your homes so that we could feel uh, welcome here, using God's grace in all these various kind of forms. And I was telling my parents all about this church and knew that this is where we needed to be, and parents have a way of telling you things that you need to hear. Does that ever happen to you? Yeah, okay, it happens to me. And my mom was saying something to me as, as I was telling her about uh, uh, someone had invited me over to their house, and we had a great conversation, great dinner, and a great time. And, uh, and at the end of that, uh, sharing that, my mom had asked me, she's like, so Josh, when are you going to start inviting people to your house? Yeah, long pause. <laughs> Because I was thinking, you know, it's pretty nice to be on the receiving end. I like it when people are opening themselves up to me. But God was saying, and he's been laying it more on my heart, Josh, what are the things that you were going to do? Maybe it is opening up your home. Maybe it's going to be opening up your calendar. Maybe it's going to be opening up your generosity. But I bet you that there's something that God is putting on each of our minds and hearts. This is what I'm going to call you to do. And I'm going to put myself right in there as well. And so before you stop me at the end of the service and say, Josh, I really appreciated what you said today. And I was looking at my calendar. And if you're looking for somebody to come over to your house for dinner, pencil me in next week. No, no, let's, let's not jump there. But there's a part where God has probably put it on your mind and heart. This is what I'm asking of you. And this is what I'm asking of you. Would you be willing willing to join me in my heart for others? Because God is a God who has taken strangers and enemies and those who are opposed to him those that are defiant of him, those that have been saying, you know what, I'm going to do life my own way, and, and he has stopped them in their tracks and said, let me welcome you into my family. Let me take you from a stranger to a friend, and let me adopt you into my family. That is a God of grace. And so this is the question I want to leave us with today. What will you do with the grace that God has given you? God has been so forgiving. We we have been forgiven. We should be forgiving. That when God has welcomed us, we should be welcoming to others. So what is it that you will do with the grace and the love of God that he has shared with each and every one of us? Amen? Amen? Let me pray. God, we want to thank you that you are a God of grace, that you would love us so much that even though our sins have separated us from you, that you would be willing to go to a cross on our behalf to pay the debt that we owe so that we could be welcomed into your family. When we follow you with our lives, that we follow your word and we follow you with all that we have. God, you have welcomed us. Would you give us the eyes? Would you break our hearts so that we could see, that we could, um, would you do what, what you need to do in our lives so that we would reach out 
and do what it takes to welcome others, to share the very love that you have extended to us. We thank you for all that you've done in our lives, and we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, we pray that you would do that, Lord. Open up our eyes. Give us opportunities to bring others into our life and, and into your family, Father God. Every time we gather, may we be that family that welcomes others in, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Oh, hello. Hey, I'm Ian Miller. Uh, this is Ben and Michaela Mosier and the rest of our cell group, Petra, Josh, Georgia, and Philip. And uh, Ben and Michaela are leaving next, uh, sorry, this Friday to go to Thailand um, into the mission field where they have been once before. So um, I'm going to ask them a few questions, and we're going to send them off. So uh, how have you feel that God has called you to Thailand? What's the history here? Yeah, so we never anticipated going to Thailand. Um, we have some history and missions, and we thought that we'd be serving uh, in China. But due to COVID and some other circumstances, uh, that door never really opened for us um, in the last few years. And so along with some other missionaries in our organization, we got diverted to Thailand uh, unexpectedly. And, and yeah, we didn't really know what would happen there. Um, but something that like we both have felt really strongly about is like ministering to people who will be born and live and die and never have the opportunity to hear the gospel. Um, not because maybe they're uh, too nervous or apathetic to go to the local church on the corner or because their Christian friend won't share with them, uh, but because there is no local church on the corner and there is no Christian friend to share with them. Um, and so in Thailand, uh, we found that we were doing a lot of the, the ministry things that we hoped we'd be doing in um, China. And uh, specifically in, in the south of the country where we'll, we'll be serving, uh, there's a, a large population of Muslims. Um, and we feel passionate about like reaching Muslims in Asia. Um, and we found that the Muslims there were really open to the gospel. They wanted to learn about Jesus. They wanted to study the Bible. Um, and so it felt like even though we got diverted from where we thought we were going to be, like we were doing all the things that, that God had called us to do. Great. Do you want to share a little more about what you'll be doing there? Yeah, so in the day today, like, we'll learn Thai, the language, study diligently, uh, and we'll build into, uh, build relationships with college students. So our ministry is focused on college campuses. Uh, we'll meet um, Non-Christian students, we'll build a relationship with them, we'll share the gospel with them. Uh, but then the Christian students that we meet also, like we'll help build them up, help them teach them to share their faith um, and send them out onto their campus or, or with us to other campuses as well. Cool. Hey, Michaela, how can we support you and pray for you? You can pray for smooth travels. We're leaving on Friday and we have a pretty long um, route. <laughs> uh, so you can pray for um, specifically smooth travels, um, also um, our health. I really don't wanna get sick before, during, or after the travel. 
Um, and you can also pray for our communication between the two of us because we, um, yeah, we'll be under a lot of stress and the enemy will probably try to use that to attack our relationship. So you can pray against spiritual attack. Great. Thanks for sharing. Um, Nellie's going to share a couple of verses for us and then I'm going to pray and that'll be it. So it's 1 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 13. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. All right, let's gather around them and pray. God, I want to thank you so much for Ben and Michaela. It's been such a privilege to be in group with these two. It's been incredible watching them uh, prepare to go back to the mission field, choosing to participate sacrificially in the Great Commission. I know the character traits that have led them to contribute so much in our group, their, their pursuit of their faith and, uh, and their compassion, that you, would, you will use these traits in the, in the mission field. Lord, I pray for their ministry there, that you will prepare the hearts of the Thai students for the gospel that is being brought to them. I pray that uh, Ben and Michaela's still new marriage will flourish while they are there and that they will build it up with you in the center even as they build up the church. I pray that you will fill them with your spirit and that even as you send them out to other parts of the world, that you will remind them that here they will have a home church at LCC and, and a body of people who are willing to support them in any way they need. Lord, uh, I'm already looking forward to hearing the stories that they share with us back here. In your name, I pray all these things. Amen. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ian. A quick reminder, there's a baptism meeting that's going to happen like literally like right here in about five minutes. And if you're like, yep, I'm doing that, or if you're saying, I, I don't know, just either way, come and come and hear more about that. Lee will be right down here about five minutes and have a great afternoon.